Welcome to the Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. I'm John. Hey, we're back again. A week later. It's November now. It's November? Yeah. I am now 45 years old. Sure you are. Physically, I'm 45 <laughs> years old. Are you really? Yeah. Did you have a birthday? I did. I, did. I guess that's what happens when your age goes up by one. I did. Wow, 45. How's that feel? You're middle-aged. Yeah. You've, you've gone through half your life. You only have 45 years left. I've been middle-aged for like 20 years. I plan to die when I'm like, wait, don't. When you're, when you're 90. Oh, yeah. Close enough. Well, well, happy birthday. Thanks. So, what's going on, John? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you, Jason. Alrighty then. A basic question. You are putting together a team of Avengers. You need a leader. You need a strong man. You need a scientist. You need a like reconnaissance type person. And then you get one person, what well, one extra. So you get five people. So leader. Gonna be Captain America. Strong guy. She-Hulk. Uh, scientist. I'm going Black Knight. Nice. Good choice. Uh, like reconnaissance. Sneaky. Okay. And who's your extra? That you uh, get whatever you want. You know, I never would have said this before, but now that we've been reading for some, I might pick the vision. I like vision. Nice. Not a lot of diversity there. I got a green person. <laughs> One female. Yeah. It's a small team, though. It's only five. Yeah. What about you? Leader? Yeah. Wasp. All right. Useless otherwise, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like Captain America's gonna be helpful when you're fighting Thanos. Who's your strong one? My strong one is... I don't actually think this out for myself. <laughs> you gotta pick Wonder Man so it makes that whole like romantic problem. Didn't he have a thing with Wasp? Man, that's really hard because I know who I would pick for my strong man but I want to use him for reconnaissance. Alright, fine. I'll pick the Vision for my strong man. Yeah, that doubles up. Sure. Um, sneaky. Sneaky, I'm going to pick Black Panther. Mm, scientist. I'm picking the Beast. Okay. Your team's a little weak. Excuse me? You got Wasp, Black Panther, and Beast. A bunch of people that are... Either useless or just jump around. You know, we're not about <laughs> sheer power. Who's your fifth one? Scarlet Witch. Oh my god, come on. Yes! <laughs> Look, there was a team made up of Captain America, freaking Hawkeye, and the Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch for how long? I think my, you got the Vision and the Scarlet Witch, they're good together. It works, I'm telling you. Why don't you just go with the, uh, was that female team? You know what, fine. I'll throw out the Scarlet Witch. You know I'll replace her with? Quasar. No, I never liked him, but whatever. You don't like Quasar? No, I don't like Quasar. Alright, you know what, let's just do this show. His name's Wendell. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like Wendell. Wendell. Jeez. Previously on the Avenging Hour, lots of big cosmic things happened, including Thanos trying to snuff out every star in the universe, Adam Warlock sacrificing himself to save the universe, and Porcupine trying to rob a fashion show. Huge, important stuff. And now, episode 74. It's actually, my sister had a cat named Wendell. I didn't. Ah, first up, we're only doing two issues this time. Yeah, it'll be this quick. Breeze by. Issue 168 from February of 1978. This one is by Jim Shooter and George Perez again, and it is called Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Wait. <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> it's just called First Blood. The Avengers are heading home after their little outer space adventure. The Guardians of the Galaxy have joined them on the Quinjet, all except Vance Astro, who has to stay behind because of time-space continuums or something else vaguely scientific-sounding. Something is amiss, though. The mansion isn't receiving their call, and the security system appears to be on the fritz. I'm not sure why anyone is ever surprised by this, but let's go with it. The team breaks into their own home, Home, ruins the elevator doors, discovers that every room has been ransacked, and then blasts away their protective meeting door to find Henry Peter Garrick. And boy, is he ticked off. I work for the National Security Council, he says. I'm one of two people who can override your special government privileges. I walked in through a hole in your wall, kidnapped your butler, and gained access to all your sophisticated equipment and U.S. security information. Plus, you've got a bunch of virtual strangers hanging around with you with no clearance. Thumbs up on the security. Gyrick leaves in a huff, vowing to return soon, and as soon as he's gone, Cap lashes out at Iron Man for being a crap leader. Then Wanda lashes out at Cap for lashing out. We need a little levity to break the tension. Does Beast have anything to say? No? Well, how about we just switch scenery then to our favorite vaudeville hucksters, Hawkeye and Two-Gun Kid. They're on a train, heading back east to rejoin the Avengers. Hawkeye does an arrow trick with a deck of cards. 
Two-Gun Kid is afraid of airplanes and suddenly blinks out of existence. In some other part of town, a lady in a blue dress approaches a house. She rings the bell. Karina Walters answers the door. Hello, Avon calling. Is Korvac Destroyer of Worlds available? Oh, wait, this is Alita, the female form of Starhawk. She's here to destroy Korvac or die trying. They fight. It's kind of psychedelic and hard to follow as they struggle across multiple planes of existence or whatever. Korvac wins and various cosmic-aligned entities such as Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Silver Surfer, and Mary Jane Watson feel the repercussions. <laughs> Korvac turns Starhawk to dust, but then brings him back so no one will notice. After such a strenuous battle, Michael sits back in his lazy boy and does what he likes to do to relax. He broods in the dark. To be continued. Uh, our roll call is Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Beast, and Wonder Man. Most of the Guardians of the Galaxy are still hanging around. Henry Peter Gyrick introduces himself. Jarvis is a kidnapped victim. Hawkeye and Two-Gun Kid continue their useless antics. Karina Walters continues to be insignificant for now. Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson have a brief cameo. Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, and even Silver Surfer sense a disturbance in the Force. And our villain continues to be Michael Korvac, I guess. At least he punches somebody this time. Do we ever get into Karina Walters? Does, does she become significant to the storyline? Because she's odd. I looked into well, her she background. First, she first appeared last issue. Right. And she'll be done by the time the Korvac saga is done and we'll, we'll never be seen again. So In the Avengers or ever? I think ever. Do we learn who she is uh-huh. in the storyline? Okay. Eventually. So we don't want to spoil it now because it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We are really excited about it. Um, I would like to point out, uh, we mentioned that the Jim Starlin annual from last episode was well done art-wise, but it got kind of crowded at points. Yes. This issue Crazy is crowded. ridiculously dense. Every page has like 26 panels on it. Yeah, George Perez, I don't know how he does it. I really don't. And the art has no room to breathe until the last couple pages where he starts to mess with the panel layouts a little bit. I guess this is why he only pencils like six issues a year. It's insane. Because there's at least two issues of panels in this one <laughs> it issue. It really is. It's like, it's like Shooter realized that he didn't tell a story last issue, so he wanted to make up for it. Well, last issue is actually relatively dense. There's a lot of small panels last issue. What I love last issue, and we didn't talk about it then, and I guess we should have, is there's one panel with all of the Avengers and all the Guardians of the Galaxy in it. And it's an itty bitty tiny panel. There's is that one long one? The yeah, long it's one? a really long, long panel. And it's like, so yes, yeah, but this issue's even worse. I mean, it is very dense. Yeah, but I'm thinking that Shooter, this one has a lot of dialogue and stuff in it yes. too. I'm thinking Jim Shooter went, oh, I need to start telling this story. I better just pack as much as I can into this issue to make up for it. And he does. Yeah, yes Well, no. I mean, he packs story into it, kind the, of. The story doesn't really happen until the end again. So... I want to start with the cover. Beast says something on the cover that I take issue with. He says... That's stupid. They're, they're all bounding into the Avengers mansion. Through the hole in the wall. Through the hole in the wall. Oh, see, no, wait. That's the hole. I guess they blasted I think the they made that hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they made a hole on their own. To see Henry Peter Gyrick and the Vision is apparently sitting in the Captain America's chair because he's got the star on the back. Sure. And B says, it's impossible. The most powerful supervillains couldn't break into Avengers headquarters as easily as he did. Not only could they, they have. And that's why he was able to just walk in. Yeah. Here's a question for you. If you broke into the Avengers meeting room and you wanted to sit down in a chair to wait for them to show up, which chair would you pick? Thor's. It's probably the biggest. Oh, no, no. We've seen Giant Man's chair. Oh, that's right. I wonder where they put that one. That's not to be all Goldilocks on you, but that's too big. You could curl up in it, though, like a blanket and just wait. Giant Man might sit on me. What, Giant Man? Did they have a little tiny chair for Wasp? They probably did. They probably did. Made her sit back in the corner. You know, the Justice League, they had that little tiny chair for the Adam that could levitate, so he'd be at the same same height as everybody else. Couldn't he just grow to normal size? Because, again... Like like with Giant Man of the Wasp, would you just assume normal size, just jerk? Knock it off. We all know what your power is, thanks. I'm not 
not sure how big the Quinjets are supposed to be, but the Avengers have 12 <laughs> people in this Quinjet. It's like a cargo plane. I, right? Um, I'm pretty sure in the past we've seen them where you can, like, you everyone's just sitting, like, there's six of them and that's all they have room for. But there's, like, rows of seats like they're in an airplane. Are those like folding chairs? What is that? I don't know. Well, they look like beach chairs. <laughs> they do. And and the Beast is reading a book, which looks to be about the size. It's really tiny. It is really small. Why is his book so small? Can we read what it says? No. Oh. I can't. So they're in this giant plane zooming back towards Avengers Mansion. Vance Astro doesn't come to Earth because, as you say, he says that that would be bad if he meets his current self. We'll be talking more about the current Vance Astro because the current Vance Astro on this plane, on this planet, in this timeline, eventually becomes a member of the Avengers. It's obvious that this is a, a different timeline because and we'll talk, I don't want to talk too much about Justice because again, he'll be a member of the team. But this Vance Astro says uh, his boyhood was the best days of his life. And of course, Justice, who becomes a member of the Avengers, had an abusive father that he eventually kills. So, awesome. probably not the best days of his life. So these guys had very different experiences. But I don't understand. Isn't he coming back to his old timeline? He can't be. Because this, this Vance Astro is nothing like him. I'm so confused now. They because I be. thought they were coming back to protect young Vance Astro. Well, they are. From Korvac so that he could actually grow up to become this Vance Astro. That's the plot. The plot. The idea of this whole plot is that is that they think Korvac... Well, first of all, they've got it all wrong. Is it spoilers yet? I'm <laughs> Sure, go ahead. Because they think Korvac has come back You'll to this time... You'll make the storyline much more interesting right now. <laughs> they think Korvac has come back to this time to kill the young Vance Astro... So that he can't grow up to become this fantastro and the Guardians of the Galaxy will never form, blah, 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 blah. Korvac would, could care less about any of that stuff. He's come back to find a hot model woman and settle down and raise a family. But but again, the Guardians are way off because this is not the same Vance Astro. He can't be. Because we know what happens to this Vance Astro. He grows up to become first Marvel Boy and then Justice. His father beats him mercilessly. And he eventually ends up killing his father when he's one of the nights where he's beating him. And I can't believe if that happened to this Vance Astro, he would describe it as the best days of his life. I would hope well, not. Well, he did live to be a thousand, so... <laughs> the Avengers get into their headquarters, and there is a screaming alarm that goes on for pages and pages. And is that new? Was it going on before they got there? It seems like it's going on as soon as they get in, which makes me go... Why is this not driving Gyrick insane? Yeah, how is that not... Like, everybody in that neighborhood should be like, Oh my god, somebody yeah. turn that off. And is this not the most useless piece of security equipment the Avengers could have? Because you usually know when someone has broken into the mansion because they put a giant hole in your wall. People don't tend to sneak into the mansion. How did Gyrick set this off? Plus, I would think alarms would only go off if you open a door or a window, well, yeah. and not he a came, wall. And he, came, <laughs> and he came through a hole in the wall, so how did he set this off? That's it's a motion sensor. I, it's so weird. When did they change the layout of the mansion, though? Did they always park the... Quinjet in a hole in the top? Well, they and then have to go down through an 80-floor elevator to get down to their meeting room? I'm confused by... Every time they show Avengers Mansion, it's different. It's like... It's like, it's like Doctor Who's call box. Like, <laughs> what's going on inside the place? You know, Henry Peter... Is it Gyrick or Gyrick? How are we saying it? Gyrick? Henry Peter Gyrick is kind of is kind of a jerk. Well, However, he's a government guy, so... 
He's completely right with everything he says. Oh, yeah, this, you, this, you really this, can't argue. We've been talking about it for months. I mean, the <laughs> Avengers security is a joke, and they really shouldn't be bringing... I like the fact that he's like, these people aren't cleared. Oh, he does say one of your own. Because yeah. I thought he was like, these people aren't cleared. And Wonder Man's like, I think he means me. When he's standing next to a crystal guy and a, and a woman with flaming hair. But no, he then does say, for that matter, some of your own aren't cleared. Yeah. And that certainly would be Wonder Man. Yeah, I, at least these people came in with the Avengers. Uh, Jarvis offers to take some jujitsu lessons so that he can't be captured in the future. I really want Jarvis to start taking martial arts. I really want him. Because the next time he decides to go help the team against Graviton on a sky sled, it would be nice if he could defend himself. Didn't they bring up Jarvis? I mean, Jarvis was in that Agent Carter TV show, right? I didn't see it. Yeah, I think he was, and he had, like, you know, British... Uh spy training and stuff so they think he's Alfred now yeah I think they're trying to bring that in but no he's just a doofy somewhat overweight butler guy the fight with sometimes overweight sometimes, sometimes really not right. sometimes gray haired sometimes not the um the fight between Captain America and Iron Man is predictable and annoying mostly annoying because Captain America has been such a jerk but then when Wanda gets involved I love it and I, my note is just I love the Scarlet Witch She's so much fun where she basically reads them. First of all, she tells them both to stop it, that that the time when Avengers fought each other is long past. And then... Which was a nice callback. And then Iron Man's like, Wanda, I don't need you. And she's like, shut up. And as for you, Cap, and she just lays into Captain America. And she's right when she calls him out on being useless. I I enjoyed that quite a bit. I don't know what... And a character for Captain America to take first swing at Iron Man. I agree. Well, I, you know, and we'll, we'll touch on this. They'll, they'll come back to this in a couple of issues. One is not wrong when she basically says that Captain America hasn't been pulling his weight. Yeah. And I think that's bothering him. I think he feels insecure on his own. Though you could make the argument that Captain America is not someone who would feel insecure. So, Two-Gun Kid and Hawkeye are on a train doing tricks which seem to consist of Hawkeye shooting arrows into the train car. Yeah. I can't believe the train company is happy about Hawkeye shooting arrows all over their train car. Thanks, buddy. And then Two-Gun Kid, bloof, gone. No, you haven't liked him anyway. I'm sure that has something to do with this storyline. It does. We'll get back to that as well. Okay. So why does... Because Korvac clearly needs a, a gunslinger from 1873 on his side. Uh, no Korvac, as a matter of fact, that's doing that. But we'll talk more about it. It's very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. Is it Karina's dad? I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure why Alita... I'm not sure why they have Alita go to Corvex's house. I don't know either. Is she the more sensible of the two of them? Well, she is the more sensible of the two of them. Can but, Starhawk look like a regular person? Well, I'm not sure that she doesn't normally... I mean, she's wearing, like... I don't know why... I don't think... They must have given her clothes, because I don't believe that's what she was wearing... When she got transformed, when she got into, transformed into Starhawk, I just assumed they were wearing like Buck Rogers jumpsuits or something. But I wasn't sure why she didn't fight. She has powers. She could have fought Korvac, but instead, well, she sort of does. They say that well, on they do the, it together on the physical plane, he's fighting, and then on the astral plane, I guess she's fighting him. And well, and that's okay. So let's talk about the Korvac. What is Michael Korvac wearing? <laughs> Did he just go play a couple rounds of tennis? He's got his t-shirt, his shorts and shirt, tucked into his shorts. <laughs> tucked into his very short shorts with a belt on. Oh, my goodness. Starhawk, Korvac fight. So the idea is that Starhawk and Korvac are so powerful that they... Yeah, explain this. <laughs> they're so powerful that they're fighting on different planes, which is kind of hard to accept. First of all, Korvac... And across, like, different universes, too, because they talk about these other people on these planets that Starhawk hits Korvac and, like, destroys a sun somewhere. Like, what? Korvac is... 
um, he is supposedly a cosmic being and, and with godlike powers, but Starhawk has never been depicted as being that powerful, so he really shouldn't be able to hold his own with him. And then you've got the narration, and I don't understand what the narration is saying, so I'm going to do a dramatic reading, and you let me know if you understand it. Oh, goody. The stunning impact of the blow rips through the sum of his being. Somewhere in the depths of the cosmos within his mind, a planet shatters, and in unison, the billion billion souls who inhabit the sub-reality of the enemy's id scream in utter horror as their entire dimension trembles. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't know. There's an entire reality within his id. You lost me. Is this something that Korvac did before we saw him? I don't know. Did he create the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths? <laughs> <laughs> this is my problem. What it boils down to is this is my problem with cosmic baddies. I don't like cosmic villains. Because they're too powerful, and then they're boring. And this fight between... The only thing that makes the fight between Starhawk and Korvac interesting are the cameos. Otherwise, it is the most boring fight around. Yeah, they punch each other, and all of a sudden trees are falling over, like, in Central Park or somewhere. And we should probably mention, this is the first appearance in The Avengers of Mary Jane Watson. Yeah. First appearing in Amazing Spider-Man number 42 in November of 1966. I think everyone knows who she is, an on-again, off-again girlfriend of Peter Parker. She actually will show up in the Avengers a lot more in the mid-aughts when, P- when Spider-Man is a member of the team. I have nothing else to say about this issue. What about Stan Soapbox? Stan Soapbox apologizes for trying to have people guess what pizzazz was in the same issue that there was a full-page ad describing what pizzazz was. <laughs> he also notes that the Incredible Hulk made-for-TV movie will be debuting soon and laments the fact that they named the main character David instead of Bruce. Uh, rumor has it, or, or, or urban legend has it, because they did not think Bruce was masculine enough. Any uh, good bullpen bulletins? <laughs> Uh, they spend a long time explaining Marvel time and trying to get fans to understand that not every event in every title takes place at the exact same time. Some stories may span four issues but only take four hours, while others could cover a week in a single issue, basically. It seems really pointless because the I, people are complaining. They're like, how is Thor in this issue of the Avengers when he's also in this issue of Thor that mm-hmm. came the same month? And Do it's you like, think everything happens at the exact yeah. same time? I, is, this really an, is this really a problem for people? <laughs> I don't know. How uh, did they, he get across town? <laughs> they also have a softball update. Yes, they won against two teams, right? Um, and any, I didn't find any letters here I thought were worth discussing. You? Uh, Scott Hermes of Dwaynesburg, New York, wants to congratulate the Beast for finding four women with a fur fetish. And, ugh. Uh, MVP. Oh my god, I actually didn't fill this part out. You can't say Starhawk. You You're such a disappointment to Starhawk's not a member of the Avengers. Let's see, who did something? Oh, like that stopped you in the past. Who did something? I'm going to give it to Hawkeye. For uh, hitting those four aces when uh, Two Gun Kid threw that whole deck up in the air, I like for the for the for the benefit of our podcast listeners that Jason's looking at my ceiling like he thinks there may be arrows up there with playing cards. Yeah, I acted out so I remember. Uh, I picked the Scarlet Witch because she's great because she split up a fight between her own teammates. She screams at Captain America. It's wonderful. Useless character. Nobody did anything. Well, that, means pick, that means you can pick anybody. Let's go with Vision. I picked Captain America because he, um, you know, here and, and this this I have some issues with Jim Starlin's character. Characterization of characters, and in this issue, I, I, I <laughs> wait. Is what I think he's got Captain America all, all wrong. I, I think if Captain America, I can believe Captain America would have a problem with Iron Man, but I think he would take it up with him in private, not in front of the entire team. He's doing a Hawkeye behavior, and I don't quite buy it. Yeah, well, clearly something's bugging him, and it's building up. Avengers level threat. I mean, I guess. Yeah, yes. Guess. Yeah, I mean, you have to say yes. Yeah, they don't know it yet, but yeah, if you're punching somebody across multiple planes of existence at the same time, there's probably something going on there. Would you give it as a grade? 
I, what would you give it as a grade? I would probably just give it a C again. It's It seems like it has potential. It wants to do something, but the story keeps happening at the last minute in these issues. I'm giving it a B because, again, I still enjoy seeing all these characters and I enjoy the cameos. That being said, this is still build-up. We are still build-up. Even the Gyric plot is still build-up. Yeah. It, we're setting up something. And or, sure, or multiple somethings, actually. I am sure we'll get to that next issue. Oh, yeah, this is going to clear everything up. Issue 169, which is March of 1978. It is called, If We Should Fail, The World Dies Tonight. Thank God. And it's by Marv Wolfman and Sal Buscema. Huh, that seems like a fill-in issue. Former plot threads, forget about them. They are not important. Instead, journey with me to a time unknown. A time where Iron Man sits around in his armor with Captain America and the Black Panther working on a crossword puzzle. His fellow Avengers are busy staring. Cap at a candle flame and the Panther out the window. <laughs> boy, oh boy, this is starting out very exciting. <laughs> Action-packed. Things pick up when an armored green figure breaks through the window and part of the wall. That is tradition, after all. And attacks the trio, demanding that they fight and kill him. Kill? What does he think they are, the Black Widow? They refuse to kill him, and Iron Man instead knocks him on his behind, where they unhelmet him. Turns out he's a business competitor of Tony Stark, named Jason Beer, and he's dying. Iron Man takes Beer back to one of the Stark plants, hooking him up to a life support system, and apparently reading his mind, as he's able to tell his teammates that Beer has hidden four neutron warheads around the world, and when Beer dies, the bombs will explode. Why? Because Beer's a big fat jerk. And we've got chapter titles. The true mark of a fill-in, for some reason. But let's jump into Chapter 2, The Temple of Winged Death. Apparently the Avengers raided Beer safe to learn the location of three of the bombs and have split up to destroy them. Captain America is headed to Peru where he easily finds the bomb, but must fight his way through some central casting stereotypes who want him dead because this is the Temple of the Winged Death and because Beer paid them to guard the bomb. But being Cap, he succeeds and takes off. Chapter 3, Black Prowler, White Death. I'm pretty sure black prowlers usually end in black deaths, even the hint of a black prowler, but someone who, or someone who looks like he could potentially prowl. But misleading titles aside, I'm probably not surprising anyone to say this chapter focuses on the Black Panther, who has come to the Arctic Circle to find his bomb. The Black Panther ends up fighting a polar bear, perhaps also paid by beer, and even though they fall through the ice into the water, the Black Panther succeeds. Apparently, he's immune to hypothermia. Chapter 4, Madness Over Moscow. Three guesses who's the star of this chapter. And where is he? You guys are too smart for me. Flying toward his target, Iron Man starts poking holes in the plot, giving me hope that this tale may be smarter than I had originally credited it. He's fighting the Russian army in their booby traps, but he easily manages to get the bomb. Chapter 4... <laughs> Chapter 5 Chapter never ends <laughs> A fateful decision Our trio of heroes reconvene at Avengers Mansion Where they combine their three bombs into one device Setting off a recording from Beer Beer yaks on at length But the gist of it is that these three bombs don't matter It's the fourth bomb that's the trick And it will go off when he dies Where could it be? Well Iron Man deduces that it's inside Beer Since it's tied to his heartbeat He can't remove the bomb So instead he nor freezes Jason Beer Sticking him in a cryogenic state to keep him alive so the bomb won't explode. Some of the team find this ironic, but no one really cares, as we've reached 
The end. Our roll call this issue is Iron Man, Captain America, and Black Panther, and there is no one else of consequence in this issue. What about Jason Beer, who looks like the Guardsman? This issue, as we mentioned, written by Marv Wolfman, who we have has not done anything Avengers-wise yet. He was born on May 13th in 1946. He's one of those fans who became a pro, first at DC, writing Blackhawk, and then bopping back and forth between the two companies. He is known for writing Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four, and Nova, and he's probably best known for Crisis on Infinite Earths, The New Teen Titans, Deathstroke, and at Marvel Comics, The Tomb of Dracula. Jason, no, what, what do you think of Marvel Wolfman? I find Marvel Wolfman to be... Fine. He's alright. I'm not the big fan of New Teen Titans. A lot of people are. Um, I find the Tomb of Dracula to be full of great ideas, but horribly overwritten. Though to be fair to Marv Wolfman, it was the seventies and everything was horribly overwritten. So I, I don't, I don't. This story is awful. They tell us on the first page that this is a filling issue. Yeah, it's kind of sad because this book still has scheduling problems. And yes, it's now what are we issue only on? One sixty nine. One sixty nine. So it's been a year since they fired Steve Englehart because of scheduling problems. It's been like a year and three months. And we're back to scheduling problems. Yeah. If I were Steve Englehart, I would be amused. Yes. The first page tells us it's a filling issue as if the credits weren't the first clue. So uh, what notes do we have here? Well, nothing on that first page, that's for sure. Uh... That's on an action-packed page for you? <laughs> where do, where, there's a point where, uh, oh, up in the top of page three there. I like how Iron Man crows about being invincible. And then in the very next panel, he's worried that his chest plate is... <laughs> His chest plate is cracked and it may kill him. I'm the invincible Iron Man. Oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm the bipolar Iron Man. I want to know, the whole basis of this story is the fact that this guy has a bomb that's in his chest. These bombs are going to go off, these other bombs are going to go off when his heart stops beating. How are these other bombs going to know when his heart stops beating? How are any bombs going to know when his heart stops beating? Well, the one that's attached to his heart, I guess, it could be just like, that could be the detonator. Like when you have a timer, when the timer goes off, the bomb goes off. So if his heart stops providing whatever circuit it's providing, then the bomb will go off. At this point, early in the story, we think that these other things are bombs and we find out that they're actually not bombs. They're all part of like some recording device that when put together, say, hey, ha ha ha, you didn't find the real bomb. Then how? So you're saying, so when they... So here's... So So John's looking up cryogenics to find out if when they actually froze this guy, if his heart would stop. Because this is my concern. So the whole idea is this bomb's going to go off when it senses his heart is not beating anymore. Well, didn't they say when they put him in the cryogenics, whatever, that it slows it way down? Well, yeah, but... Which would make sort of sense. I guess when, you know, like when bears hibernate, they go dormant, their heartbeat slows. How? Or when ninjas are hiding in the forest, they can control their heart. So, So do you know how many times a normal heart beats a minute? Uh, let's go with 60-something. All right, so let's say it beats 60 times a minute. How long will this bomb wait for your heart to not beat at all? Right. Before it goes off? Right, right. And the next question would be when you If your heart doesn't beat for like seven or eight seconds, is the bomb going to go, wait? wait yeah. Okay, it beat again. Okay, good, yeah. good. <laughs> so, you know, what? What? how sensitive is this thing? Is it like, well, I've waited 10 minutes? Or is it like, you know, his heart hasn't beat for a minute... That's probably bad. Or is it like the bomb on the bus in speed, where it gets down under a certain speed, it's going to go off? <laughs> my, my point being, it seems like they're, they're very proud of themselves for the cryogenic decision, and I don't think that's a very good decision. Well, because, it's also not a good decision, because what, you're going to keep this guy frozen in the mansion forever? This has to come back at some point and bite them. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm because sure things in villains often are mentioned again. <laughs> All right, we've skipped to the end already. We wouldn't want to miss any of the excitement of this. Um, I like when Captain America shows up in the jungle and the, he finds this tribe and he says, I've heard of this tribe of bird worshippers. Really? Have you really, Cap? <laughs> yeah, where did you hear about that exactly? I find that hard to believe. 
Do you guys talk about that during the big one during WW two when you were out and out with Nick Fury? He was mentioning him. I like the fact that when they when Iron Man uh, knocks out the guy Jason Beer in his armor in the beginning of the issue, the Black Panther says, "Bizarre! Someone we've never met attacks us, demands we kill him. The ways of the civilized jungle still puzzle me." Yeah, yes, because it's 1966 and the Black Panther has just appeared for the first I, time. I don't think Marv Wolfman knows who Black Panther is. <laughs> do they, like Jerry Conway? Do these people yeah. not read these comics? It's like, you do realize the Black Panther has been living in Manhattan for like four years at this point in time. I was going to write down to say no, but I could not put it into words. I was so stunned by it. Really? Why would he say that? And seriously, Iron did Man, Black Panther just learn how to put pants on? Like, <laughs> Iron Man flies beard to his, one of his... His flushing. One of his flushing plant. And as soon as Captain America and the Black Panther get there, I guess they took a cab. <laughs> running across town. Iron Man tells the entire Beer's entire plan. Well, he had some time while it took them to get To them. do what? Beer's still unconscious. <laughs> or do you think Beer woke up and Iron Man, like, tortured him and took him the information? <laughs> Beer's all black and blue. He's got strangling him. Oh, he just, uh, he just passed out. He must be in a lot of pain. I don't know what happened to him. And Beer's plan makes no sense at all. No. And, and, and Iron Man points out that it makes no sense, and for a minute... I got really excited. Because I'm like, oh, well, it knows it makes no sense. Maybe they're going to make it make sense. To which I thought, oh, he wants to die? Why doesn't Iron Man just fly him up into space and throw him as far as he can? Especially once you know the bomb's in him. Right, who cares? I really don't have any other notes on this issue. When Captain America goes to the jungle, and even when Black Panther's going to the Arctic, which... Why would you have Black Panther go to the Arctic and not the jungle? Right? You have a jungle mission. Who should we send? The jungle warrior? Nah. The man who grew up in a jungle? Maybe the jungle knows jungles. Maybe they were afraid if they sent Cap to the Arctic, he'd have, like, PTSD. (laughs) They could have sent Iron Man to the Arctic. Send Cap to... Oh, wait a minute. That's not good. No, Cap should like Moscow. He he worked with the Russians during World War II. Bad. But every time they go, everything is word balloons. Marv Wolfman has no plot, so he's explaining everything to us in giant, multiple word balloons in every page. Well, not word balloons, but narration, but but text boxes. Well, with that one, yeah. Captain Captain America's is all word balloons. It's 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 a lot of words. Point being, there's this again. Marv Wolfman. My biggest complaint about Marv Wolfman books: they are overwritten. It's bad. That one panel we just saw the back of Captain America's head surrounded by three word balloons. Yeah, it's it's not good. Is that Iron Man's is the wind? Not that much better. Everyone just literally attacks every hero who shows up. Right? Why did that tribe of people just start attacking Captain America without talking to him? Uh, because they were paid by... The one guy, the, the chieftain finally says, the white man paid us to... I don't know what he paid them because they're, they're some weird bird-loving... Maybe gave him feathers? I don't know the what he paid Bird worshippers, come on. You've heard of them. Who has it? Uh, he paid them gold. What did he pay the polar bear? Well, that's what I thought. I wonder what he did pay the polar did he, bear. Did he pay the Russians, or were they just mad because the American was in Russian airspace? I would have loved it if the polar bear, if we like pulled back and seen his den, it was just filled with salmon or something. What if it was like a dude in a polar bear suit? <laughs> <laughs> the newest villain. He uh, hangs out with a porcupine. My only other note was with that one. Black Panther says that he doesn't want to kill the polar bear. So he knocks him unconscious while he's underwater. What, what did he think was going to happen to the polar bear? And how in the world is the Black Panther in Arctic water and fine? And beating a polar bear. And beating a polar bear. Who lives in Arctic water. Yeah, it makes... But, so in, but instead of, like, snapping his neck, he knocks him unconscious with a... He first pulled that, uh, that stalagmite 
stalactite off, and I thought he was going to stab him with the pointy end, but he swings it like a baseball bat and hits him in the face. Not only had... And leaves him in the cold water to drown. Uh-huh. Did he think that the cold water was going to wake him up and he would... <laughs> the polar bear would climb out of there or something? Not only has Marv Wolfman never read The Avengers, but he's never read his encyclopedia... The, the P volume of his Encyclopedia Britannica. He doesn't Because he doesn't know polar bears. Oh, yeah, that was it. That's all the notes I have. This issue is horrible, and it makes no sense. Stan Soapbox? Stan Soapbox details what his college lectures cover. Uh, basically, Marvel's history, Stan's philosophy, Stan's philosophy of <laughs> comics, and a Q&A session. It's all very exciting. Except for the part where it's not. Which is all of it. And, um... Other bulletins? Yeah, anything else? Spider-Woman's own title is debuting. Uh, I'm only mentioning these because these are Avengers-related. Power Man hits issue one... Uh, sorry. <laughs> Power Man hits issue number 50 and starts his team up with Iron Fist that will last for 100 issues. It is, in my opinion, literally one of the best partnerships in Marvel Comics it's history. Great. And Machine Man goes on sale next month. So those three characters will eventually become Avengers way down the line. He is literally, potentially, one of the most underused characters in Marvel Machine Comics Man. history. Love Machine Man. I wouldn't love him. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't love him. I mean, you know, for the right amount of money and a little bit. Now, my point being, I don't love Machine Man, but that's because I don't think he was ever used enough for me. To, I, I think there's so much potential in that character. So you'd give him a B plus. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> also, the bullpen bulletin wishes you and me and all of us happy holidays because they have a war on Christmas. They don't say Merry Christmas, they say Happy Holidays. Even in the 70s, there was a war on Christmas. And you know what our gift was from them? What? No letters page. <laughs> right? It really was. MVP? I gave it to Iron Man, I guess. Me too. Because he figured out what was going on. Me too. Useless character? Uh, Black Panther because he fought a. I don't know. Who cares? I put Black Panther who totally killed that poor innocent polar bear. Uh, Avengers level threat? No. I think the polar bear. No, I'm just kidding. No, obviously not. Final grade? D. Useless. I gave it a C. Of course you did. Well, that's not a good grade. One of my favorite characters was in this. In that one bird. I loved all the characters that they put in the book. There were so many people. I liked to see them. And all the words. It was beautiful. I gave it an A-. minus. <laughs> The plot was sucky, and it made no sense, and I never want to read it again. A minus. No. So. <laughs> no, it's probably a D. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's very dull. Oh. Uh, I miss most of the characters, because we've only got three characters in this. And Iron Man asks questions like, if he really wants to do this, why didn't he just commit suicide? And I thought, maybe they'll answer them. And they don't. <laughs> Ever answer that? If if you if you really want to destroy the world, why are you hooking up a bomb to your chest? Just make the bomb. You already did that. And set it off. You'll die. So will everybody around you. Mission accomplished. <laughs> why are you trying to get someone to kill you when you could just push a button? Right. It's so stupid. Plus, he made these three Avengers characters seem so bland. Oh. None of them have. I mean, other than making Black Panther seem like he doesn't know who he is. The other two were just feuding for the last couple issues. And I know. They have no problem with each other. It is very bad. And unfortunately, the Korvac saga, as I'm sure Jason will be mentioning in a moment when he talks about next time on, <clears throat> the Korvac saga is going to continue for a while. And part of that is because... It never gets started to begin with. There's a couple of fill-ins, and they keep doing side plots. Yeah. Oh, on the next episode of The Avenging Hour, just when you thought the Korvac saga was going to continue, Ultron shows up to derail us yet again. <laughs> So, hey, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. Quarterback Saga will never end. Yeah, it's going to go for a while, whether we like it or not. And we don't. So if you're the type of listener who enjoys us making fun of Avengers comics, (laughs) tune in for the next couple episodes. Though my memory is that the Ultron issues are actually kind of cool. They just have nothing to do with Korvac. 
And then those other issues where we find out about Karina. I gotta start writing those now. I know you're excited. I got some time. So thanks for listening again. That was fun. If you want to get in touch with us, our our email address is mail at avenginghour.com. We have Instagram and the tweets, the Twitter faces, uh, at Avenging Hour, and our Facebook page is, I don't know, backslash Avenging Hour. I, I made it, but I don't remember what it is. I got nothing else to say. I don't either. Thanks for listening. I'm old now. Pass my bedtime. It's true, you are. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs>